This is an audio version of the 1750 art class held via Zoom on November 7th. The class is Making Crosses, the Mosaic of Our Life. Lauren Cannon is leading the art portion of the class, and I, Ann Bradley Thomas, am providing the prayers. The class was based on the practice described in the book, Making Crosses, Creative Connection to God, by Ellen Morris Pruitt. If you do not have your supplies, pause to gather them. You need something to form a cross or a pre-made cross form to attach things to, items to attach to your cross, something to attach things together, wire, string, glue, glue gun. Alan Sefton, a member of the 1750 Arts Committee, reminds us the book introduces the idea of four types of how to get material, reclaiming, reusing, remembering, and refocusing. Anything found can be used in the process and that the cross doesn't have to be sanitized, beautiful, pretty, or perfect. Nothing is perfect or completely beautiful or pretty. I'm Lauren Cannon. I'm the artist-in-residence at Idlewild. Through the end of this year, this practice that she's come up with, it's a great book. I recommend it. It's really about praying with your hands. So in that sense, it is like a form of meditation and the process of accumulating items and of collecting things to make crosses with is part of the process. And obviously that's not a part that we can do virtually. So by offering this class both in person on Zoom on November 7th, and as a link to listen to, we hope that that allows people more time to gather the things, and once they find the things, to remember that they have this class to walk you through the meditative process of of praying with your hands. Pruitt says that making crosses is more than the oral or written word, more than our analytical thinking. Making crosses is a way of understanding that comes from doing. And A.B. found that quote, and I really like it because I really, that's what I believe in when it comes to my own art practice and also sharing the gift of creating with others, I think the um, experiential form of making art, it's just, it just takes learning to a whole nother level. And it takes the practice of deep inner retrospect. It just can really be amazing learning experience. And we also wanted to just share the vision statement for 1750 Arts at Idlewild opportunities grounded in our divine creator which stir imagination provoke wonder form faith and invite transformation we are all creative because we are created in god's image so at this point i would say ask you to pause and meditate on what it means to be a co-creator with god because that's really what this process of cross making is about And I would suggest through this minute of meditation, if you could maybe come up with a kind of mantra to keep with you as you are making and praying with your hands, you know, something like God is with me, trust the process, something that is gentle and compassionate. We are creating something new together with God. And in your meditation time, also consider in what other aspects of life have you felt you were a co-creator with God?
Before Lauren goes over the four steps of the process, we'll use the Lord's Prayer as a way to start our cross-making practice. Some ways you can deepen the spiritual practice today is to keep a journal. Keep a paper by you and jot down words or phrases as they come up to you. They might be words about the objects that you're using, and they might evoke memories about why you picked that certain item, or it could be words that come out of the meditative process. So words from the Lord's Prayer, words about the cross or creativity. And it might be that next to those words, instead of just having the words, you might think about what color those words invoke in you. What images, maybe instead of having just the list of words next to it, maybe you put an image, do a little drawing next to it, and keep those just on the side. And then at the end, when we have our closing time, you can use them as part of a reflective journaling process. Pruitt reminds us, the prayer we say each Sunday without fail, our Father who art in heaven, is plural, a prayer of commonality, a prayer of community. She suggests one way to get your spirituality out of your head and into your body is to use the lungs and breathe that God has given you to vocalize the words for your life. Listen to the Lord's Prayer and afterwards we will recite it together. The goal is to focus your thoughts on listening for God's voice.
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours are the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As you go about the creative work of making your cross, make sure that you set aside some silent time during it. Pruitt suggests having 10 minutes of silent time so that you can let your thoughts be between you and God. Savor this time and let your thoughts be incorporated into the physical activity of your hands. Let time slip by unnoticed until you're called back to the things of this earth. After having that silent time, feel free to move into a time where you put your favorite music on. Listen now as Lauren explains the process further. So the next part of this class is just to go over the process. So briefly the process. We're going to go through four of her steps, and in her book she has a lot more. We're going to make the cross beams. We're going to do the second step, which is holding it together. We're going to do the third step, which is decorate your cross, and the fourth step, which is remember. Making the cross beams. These should be items that you've collected that are substantial enough to hold your decorations and other items that you would like to add on top of the cross beams. And I'm going to read a quote from the book. Your sticks seem very simple, and in one way, they are. But simple doesn't mean we don't need God to be a part of the process, and that's true especially in our cross-making practice. Your sticks will set the mood for your cross. If they are curvy, your cross will proceed with the movement. I like how she says that. I, I can just kind of picture that visually. If you trim the sticks to make them straight and formal, your cross will begin with that temperament. How will you know the type of cross God wants you to make today if you don't ask God to help you consider your cross beams? So she gently reminds us throughout the book and throughout the steps to hand over our whole left brain to God during this process. The worries, the feelings of inadequacies, the frustrations, the distractions, the other things that we could be doing that are, are more chore-like that we feel guilty about not doing and doing this thing that we're doing for ourselves and for God. When those thoughts come in, you're just going to acknowledge them. You're going to be compassionate toward those thoughts. And then you're going to remember your mantra, God is with me or trust the process. And you're just going to, you're going to keep going. When you hit a speed bump or frustration, you're going to praise God for the practice that you're doing that is making you aware of what you're frustrated about. Okay, so my cross beams, I have some old broken paintbrushes. So I'm using, you know, like the wooden sticks. So those are my cross beams. So I would say that they are not curvy. I would say that they're more structured. To create balance, I'm probably going to add more organic and natural items that have those flowing lines and curves in the end on the third step. So your cross beams. This step, you are basically just putting your cross beams together in a cross shape that is pleasing to you and to God because God is with you. Does it have to be symmetrical? No. Can it be a little bit off? Yes, 
all of your decisions are important and they are fun to contemplate about and contemplating about what you are doing right here in the present with your hands is going to keep you out of that left brain side. So you're looking at your cross beams and now you're probably thinking, how am I going to get these to hold together? And then how am I going to get stuff to hold on top? And how am I going to make it look blah, 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 blah. And there you go again and your left brain. Take a deep breath. God is with us. We are on step two, and I love what she calls this, holding it together. Decide how to hold the sticks together. Embrace the choices you have. Go slowly. Experiment. Fail. Try again. When you find yourself frustrated, relax. Remember, the goal is to be with God. Okay, so I am going to first try bailing wire because I have a lot of that because I'm an artist. And so I am going to use this bailing wire to kind of start making an X that I'm going to weave back and forth and repeat until my cross, I test it and it holds. Another thing that I think would be worth trying is if you don't have a lot of wire around like me, maybe you like to do beading projects. And so maybe you have some leather twine. Maybe you have just like that twine that's very natural looking that kind of unravels a little bit that gardeners use a lot. Or, you know, even I think a rubber band could be an interesting choice, colored or not. And another tie I would think is that maybe you could figure out how to string together the ties that you get just from your produce at the grocery. Ribbon, string, yarn, trash, things that you have found on walks or on a run or unpacking packaging and it was just an interesting texture and you kept it. So I'm doing the pattern of under, over, under, over in an X around my center junction where my two cross beams meet. And then I'm going to find a way to kind of be tidy about how I end and tuck my wire. If that ends up on the front, which I think is the front of the cross, that's okay because I know that I'm going to decorate this and there are ways to cover that up to make it look seamless. Or Leave it showing, but be intentional. If it's showing and you were in your art class and you were in your critique and your art professor says, why did you leave your ends exposed? And you have an answer because you did it on purpose because it was an intentional choice and it means something to you and it is something about your relationship with God or about things that you struggle with that you rely on God for. Pause or keep going with me. We're on step three. Decorate your cross. Don't worry about a roadmap or set patterns, she says. Much of the beauty in our lives depends, I believe, on unintentionality. Trust your brain, not your analytical mind. Remember, we're not listening to the left side, but the part of your brain that allows God entry when you aren't paying attention. Don't be surprised if they take you in a direction different from what you originally envisioned. Pray with your hands. Kinetic prayer. Let your mind relax, trust it to meander in a non-linear way. And so what I hope for you is that you are taking enjoyment and delight in this process. You are with God. You are so close with the creator. You are creating. Okay, so in my bag of goodies, I have a rosary that I think is from New Mexico, and it's this very pretty soft pink. 
and it's made out of wood. The cross is made out of wood. The beads, so to speak, are not beads, but they are little, what is the Catholic cross called that's more square looking? They are that shape to rub on. And the picture at the center of the rosary is just like a little piece of a spiritual moment that I can barely even tell what it is, just cut out and lacquered on. And it's so sweet and innocent and simple and humble. And I have some shorter little pieces of driftwood. I have this beautiful piece of driftwood that has barnacles attached all over it. Got some coral pieces that I've just held on to for a million years. And some shells. And I have a shell that... Do you ever find a shell and it's just... You don't know what animal, but it looks like part of the shell has just been carved out. And it has an L on it. L for Lord... L for Lauren, L for love. I don't know yet. And I may never decide for sure, and that's okay too. I have some butterflies, you know, that are made out of wood and feather and then hand-painted. What I will add instruction-wise to this step number three, decorate your cross, is with my students, we talk about visual metaphors a lot and that we talk about visual metaphors a lot we talk about um visual pathways a lot and we talk about focal point a lot it is kind of like writing a, a paper or a pair five paragraph essay or something like that you create a visual pathway out of things that are not as strong as your focal point but lead the viewer's eye to the focal point so say I create an asymmetrical cluster of items on either side of the central point of my cross. Then I would want to either use color or texture or pattern to guide the viewer's eye to that focal point. So I told you I had these feathered butterflies. So if I want my cross to be my structure my made of my wood from my paintbrushes and I want my shells and driftwood and coral to be the textural background and I want my butterfly to be the focal point how am I placing my background and my textures and my colors to lead to the eye to my butterfly so those might be things that you want to think about and it's Nice to learn because it's also if you like to draw or paint, flower arrange, arrangements on tables for events, decorate your cake, visual pathways, visual metaphors, focal points. So hang out on step three as long as you need to. I'm going to walk you through step four, which is remember, it is not our purpose in cross making to create a beautiful cross. Our purpose is to focus on God. Your cross is not a task to be completed. It is an opportunity to be with God and to learn. Enjoy the opportunity. Let the meditative nature of your work work on you. I love that. Let your cross stretch you in ways you haven't been stretched lately. If something attracts you, ask yourself not just why, for example, not simply because you like it, but also what my teacher calls the second why. Why do you like it? Dig deep to discover what the cross is saying to you. A fun way to indirectly do step four is to come up with a title for your cross because it forces you to contemplate the significance and the meaning and the relationships that you have just formed together. 
Reflect on the piece now, your cross, as a connected whole made of many parts. What images and associations flood through your mind now seeing the parts you randomly selected become a whole? Did scripture find a way of weaving together your initial associations, that list that we made, into a deeper understanding or even an epiphany? How do you feel now once you've completed? How do you feel now compared to how you felt when you started? What title would you give to this piece? And the next question, not just why, but dig deeper to discover what their cross is saying to you. Not why, simply because you like it. Why? Why do you like it? Why do you have the feelings that you have right now? Think about the significance of the Lord's Prayer now that it has manifested itself into your hand-picked, hand-constructed, hand-made. Think about how this practice created a change in you, in your heart, in your brain, somewhere in between. Um, and if you notice that change as you went about doing the, the regular activities that fill your days. And thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you, thank you for being willing to try a new way of being with God. Thank you for praying together with your hands. And thank you for giving yourself the treat of feeling God with you and his complete, unfailing, whole, never-ending love, fully accepting of you. And enjoy your day. After the closing prayer, Lauren will share the inspiration behind the lobby cross wall that was created last spring. Dear Divine Creator, may art transform me. May nature stir my imagination. May I seek a life lived in wonder. May I seek every day creative experiences that form my faith. May I seek to praise you in all that I think, do, and say. Amen. We usually show some imagery in these classes. So we'll have a slideshow or I'll share books that have lots of pictures and uh, information. And of course, so... Um, for this verbal recording, we are suggesting that you check out the link on the Idlewild Facebook page that shows the lobby art display that we did for the spring. Um, we made the cross wall and we used panels of Bibles that were hung on the wall and the negative space represented the cross and the positive space was made out of the word of God. And in addition to that central imagery on the sides, we displayed crosses that were significant to church members along with the story that went along with it. Once Easter came, uh, we had a cross that was constructed from driftwood from the Mississippi River, and that was placed and adorned with some uh, greenery that was placed in and filled the negative space that was created by the Bible panels, the Word of God. When you finish your cross, please send photos to ab29thomas at yahoo.com with a comment, if you want, about how the creative, active prayer process formed your faith 
and challenged you in new ways. 